standing up in McKinney, Texas. This is According to Callus. Coming to you on the 24th of March, 2023, episode 383. And today, I have a few stories for you. They're analogies of sorts. Hopefully, something to learn something from, or at least to think about something a different way. But before I get into that, let me remind you that you can help me get the word out by like, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast. Tell your friends. The organic growth is continuing, and it's beneficial, and maybe someday I'll quit losing money on this endeavor. But until then, you're helping me. So if you feel so inclined, you can go and comment, you can rate, and anything else you feel so inclined to do for me, I would appreciate it. And come and follow me on my Facebook group at According to Callis. Here we go. On with the show. All right. In this story, we have two cousins. They've known each other since birth. Uh, One cousin is a little bit, um, a little bit more, uh, let's call them citified, right? Um, Appreciates uh, working uh, in the factory. He, uh, he does well for himself, uh, but he looks at his cousin and he's a little jealous. He, he doesn't like everything about his cousin, but they're family, right? So, Time goes on and they've had their squabbles. They have had their fights. They're trying to, you know, kind of maintain control over the family business. And they, and they both involved in dis, different aspects. Uh, some of it overlaps, but for the most part, they keep to themselves. They're family after all, and they, they don't want to necessarily get into a squabble if they can avoid it. But at some point, the, uh, the cousin, the second cousin, right? The the one that the other cousin's been a little jealous of. That that cousin just kind of gets fed up. He he doesn't want to continue on with the family business. And he he goes and lets the first cousin know, "Hey man, it's been good, well, it lasted, but th- this just isn't working out well for me anymore. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go on my own way." Well, the first cousin, he doesn't take too kindly on this. And he decides that, uh, no, I'm not going to allow you to leave. And um, since you you insulted me, I'm going to physically restrain you. I'm going to punish you and beat you up a little bit. But then I'm going to make you stay. I'm not going to give you an option. So in this scenario, I want you to consider who's right, who's wrong, and what could have we done differently. All right. Next next story. Let's let's use this scenario. Two different cousins, once again, or two different members of the same family, right? It's an it's an extensive family. They maybe even know the first two cousins that we talked about, but this time we're going to call them uh, Bill and John. 
So, so Bill, he, he's, uh, he's got a lot of people, uh, in his part of the family and, uh, they feel kind of strongly about some of the things that are, that, that John's doing, but, but John's not causing them problems. John's kind of keeping them to himself. Uh, they're not necessarily in the same business, but they're in the same family. And there's a little, there's a little inconsistency here. There's a little harsh feelings. Um, at one point, Bill actually threatened to leave the family, and, and then and John came along and said, "Hey, man, I I'm sorry if I upset you. Uh, let's just agree that we're family and we're going to put this past us. You know, uh, I'm going to buy you some dinner tonight. We'll talk about it over an adult beverage." It'll be okay. We can make this work out. Um, no, no reason to uh, have a fight within the family, right? So they they get in they get into a, an, another argument later on, and uh, this time it, it turns into a fight. It's a nasty fight, and and when the fight's all said and done, um. You know, John had tried to part ways peacefully. Uh, he got kind of goaded into making a mistake. The two of them got in an argument. But now this time, they, they they didn't settle it themselves. They they disagreed on what the motivation was for their argument. And they wanted to get another opinion. So Bill goes and rounds up all the members of his side of the family. And he brings them in. And they're, they're going to serve as a... A jury, if you will. And uh, both sides get to tell their story. But while they're telling his story, you know, Bill had already kind of defeated John in the fight. And he had the upper hand. And after all, this is mostly Bill's family present here. And in case they forgot that they're Bill's family, he reminds them. And he... he Let's them know that, well, he pays for their existence. He's their protection. That I, I really need you to see things my way. Uh, so Bill and John, they have this long discussion, this argument in front of their, their extended family uh, that's acting as the jury. And when all is said and done, the jury, they feel like they have no other option. That they have to find for Bill. I mean, because you know, Bill protects them. Bill funds them, and while they note that John had some legitimate grievances, they just choose to side with Bill because it's for their own protection. I mean, again, what's the expectation here? Who's right? Who's wrong? I mean, is there more information that you need? Okay, let's try another one. This time, the family's a little closer. This time, the uh, it's a it's an old married couple, right? And they they've been together for a very long time. Um, they they were kind of put together. Um, you know, let's look at it as maybe a um, 
I think it's a, a, a yenta. I think that's the proper term, right? If you're Jewish, right? Or, or um, a matchmaker, right? So they were put together. They created a family. They had offspring. They they grew old together. Um, but they're arguing. They're bickering all the time. And the wife, you know, who was obviously the the weaker of the two in this uh, scenario here, not not saying she's less valuable doesn't doesn't diminish her. Just if they two of them got in a fight, it was clear who was going to win. So the wife finally she gets fed up and she goes, you know, we've been together a long time. We've raised our kids. We've we've had a pretty good life here. But but I'm just done with this. I, I can't deal with this anymore. I, I want to go my own way. Well, the, the husband doesn't doesn't like that, and you know says, uh, "Well, I promise if you'll agree to these things that we can that I'll, I'll be better. I, I I promise that." If you will just do these things for me, agree to these things, and I know, I know, I know that uh, you know you want to still be a part of this family. I mean, you want me to still pay for things. You want me to protect you. You 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 want to live in my house. You you're not going to make it on your own. But you just, in order to continue, you're 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 going to have to agree to these things. Well, now the wife, you know, she said, um, "Yeah, I I I don't agree with those things. I I think they're bad. I, I you know, I don't think it's fair. I, I think you're kind of bullying me around. I'm going to leave." Well, now at this point, the the husband's enraged, and the husband um, gets involved and chases her down and beats her senseless, and then. Brings her back to the house and forces her to sign off on all these things that he wanted her to agree to. He he forces the issue by threat of more violence. And and after all that's undone, had his uh, business partner come in and oversee the things. And while he was at it, he then took uh, some some of his friends and brought them to the house to make sure that his wife did the things that she agreed to. So again, what do you think about this scenario? Do you, do you, do you think that was handled well? Do you, do you approve of that situation? Do you think that that is something that we should be, you know, okay with that? Now, all three of these scenarios are loosely based on a historical situation. And by now you've probably figured it out, right? I mean, it, I didn't go to great lengths to hide anything here. I didn't come up with anything special. As a matter of fact, I've probably used references to at least one, if not all three of these um, scenarios here or these stories in previous podcasts. But to me, it's the one thing that I can't ever overlook. If you're willing to set aside the the reasons why somebody would want to split up, 
you have to be willing to get past some of the ugly stuff, right? History is not pretty. It's not clean. It's not perfect. There are mm, detrimental things involved there. There are, there are nasty inconveniences. There are, there are things that cause people pain. There's bad situations all around. But if you get fixated on any one item, it doesn't allow you to see the truth. It doesn't allow you to see what else is at play here. The Supreme Court issued an opinion in White v. Texas. Now, the Supreme Court fully realized that what had happened decided the issue and they needed to find a way to justify what had happened. They needed to come up with an excuse to justify the actions and the abuse of power. So when you say that, you know, the court issued an opinion or gave a ruling, well, they did and they didn't. It was a political excuse. I don't think realistically anybody believes that it was objective or was morally right. Likewise, when you goad somebody into making a mistake, when you, when you force somebody into an untenable position and they react, and then you use that as an excuse to pummel them, and then when you're done pummeling them, you punish them some more, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. And it has to be dealt with. And, and, and we have to be willing to examine what's at play here. That's why I tried to personalize this. I try, I tried to make it something very relatable to each and every one of us because I think that gets lost, right? If somebody, you know, if the, if there was going to be a separation, it may have been temporary. It may not have been a good idea. It may have been cooler heads prevailed. It may have been that one state went one way and the other one said, well, we're not going to, we don't need to leave. We don't need to do this. We're going to get some concessions. And the third thing, when you look at the history behind some of the laws that were passed, some of the amendments to the constitution that were forced upon, they were done under duress. Now, when you agree to something under duress, it's not considered legally binding. It's not considered real. It's not considered an accurate representation of how people felt or behaved. When when you've done this under duress, you're in a sense forcing somebody to act against their own nature, against their own best interests. Yet we celebrate this and we force it upon us and, and Honestly, there's a segment of our society that thinks because the 14th Amendment was ratified that that changes everything. It throws out the entirety of the Constitution and the founding of these United States. But if it was done under duress, does it really count? I mean, there was essentially a military dictatorship that required acceptance of the 13th and 14th Amendment before the military dictatorship would end and they would be allowed to be readmitted to the Union. And it's not even so much that they wanted to come back to the Union. It was that was the only way to get the military dictatorship to end. That was the only way to make them go away, to give them back their states, to 
receive some semblance of sovereignty back. So you're threatening people's lives, their livelihood, their families, and you want to then count that as something that people actually agreed to. Interestingly enough, and I know I've mentioned this before, if you take away the 11 states that were forced by threat of violence at the point of a gun to agree to those two amendments, would you have had enough people or enough states that signed off on them? I don't think that's the case. Now, I understand that in a war and when it's done and there's a treaty signed or there's certain things put into effect, that that's normal. And that there's a process in place here. But what I would suggest to you is none of that had to happen. What I would suggest to you is all three of these stories illustrate that there was a way to avoid what happened. There was a way that we could have found a different way forward. There were other options. And it was only because one side refused and wouldn't negotiate in good faith that we got put into this position. Now, most of you know that I'm not a big fan of Lincoln. I haven't actually read the several books that have come out in the last several years. Uh, I know Kevin Gutzman's got one. I'm pretty sure Brian McClanahan, I think he's got a whole class on him. Lincoln is celebrated for all the wrong reasons in my humble opinion. And we need to be very, very careful when we're going down that path. You know, the Republican Party, which I talked about in yesterday's episode, suffers from a very deep strain of progressivism. It suffers from the idea that the center should be able to rule and dictate things. Not all, but just enough. Just just enough to infect. Right? We have to be very careful. History is full of nuance. History is full of great men that had fatal flaws. I would suggest to you that in light of these stories, you should reconsider what you think you know. You should reconsider what you think you understand about what happened. You should reconsider whether or not 600,000 people needed to die and millions more suffer and die later after the war. Was that really the best outcome? Was it displacing a massive population of people worth the outcome? Now I know in the 2020 hindsight vision of 2023, we can justify anything and everything. You know, and if we treat it on the same moral standard that we have now, which which is odd because in a postmodern progressive world, there is no truth. <laughs> there, there is no standard. So I'm not really sure how we're able to properly justify what happened in the past. There's a whole lot of dead people there. Pain and suffering, disruption, displacement. But yet, we're supposed to celebrate that. We're supposed to revere the person that was most responsible for it. We're supposed to reject any notion that the other side had valid 
ideas or valid opinions or proper justification for what they had done. Now you'll notice the motivation, the argument, really has nothing to do with the thing that you've been taught for most of your life. I would imagine that if you just set aside the odious thing that everybody stumbles over and look past that and realize it could have been anything or it could have been something even more odious. Is there a way forward? Is there a valid issue there? Is it worth exploring? When people resort to name-calling and dismissive accusations and aren't even willing to give you a fair hearing, I have to wonder, what is it they're really afraid of? What is it that concerns them? What is it they're trying to hide? I freely admit, you know, as a, as a history major, the war between the states, the war of northern aggression, the war of secession, the civil war, whatever your preferred term is for that, was never my favorite thing. And honestly, most of it was because as a Midwestern Yankee coming from Wisconsin, what I knew or what I thought I knew is Lincoln was the righteous savior of the country and all those poor slaves. What, what I was taught is the South was terrible and really the Southern people didn't really know how bad they were and how bad things were. And fortunately, the Yankees were able to come down and fix the world. I mean, and, and yes, I'm exaggerating. I'm a little hyperbole thrown in there just for fun. The, the hyperbole that surrounds this whole issue gets lost on the idea that people actually think that only half of the country enslaved people. <laughs> I don't justify that. I've been quite clear over years and anybody that knows me in real life <laughs> knows that I find the idea of owning another person abhorrent and that involuntary servitude would be something I would never tolerate which is why I'm also against the draft while we're on the story. But if you're not willing to re-examine and think about what else is going on here, what other options are, I, I suggest that you're just buying the story. You're going along to get along and you're not doing anybody any favors. So as we drift off into this weekend, I want you to just consider, could there be more to this story? Could there be a way that we could have had a peaceful end? Yes, that doesn't change what happened, but it does give you an opportunity to reevaluate what you've been taught, reevaluate how you think about things. And I'm not asking you to excuse bad behavior. I'm not asking you to pretend there was an odious stain that is involved there, but I would also tell you that preexisted the Republic by millennia, and it still exists to this day. And it has very little to do with the fact that the vast majority of the people that were involved in that situation were from Europe. It goes on to this day. 
So please set that aside. I understand it's terrible and nobody's justifying it. And just look at everything else along that situation and just consider if there might have been a better way. So then when we look around the world today and we see some of the things that are going on and we, and we hear what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to care about, how how you're supposed to be involved and outraged and whatever else, this is an opportunity for you to consider if they would exaggerate this situation, if they would lie about this situation, if they would use the most exaggerated, unnuanced garbage to sell this story. What else are they doing? What else have they been lying about? What else have they exaggerated? What else have they only told bits and pieces to get a reaction from us? That's what you have to be willing to do. And I want you to take this weekend and I want you to consider that. And when it's all said and done, come back. Join me next week as we delve into whatever else is going on in the world. And if you found this at least somewhat compelling or interesting, do a little post in my group. Set up a comment on either the show or or my page. Let me know what you think. Yeah, you know, I know there's only two, maybe three listeners out there in the world, according to... (laughs) my favorite person in McKinney. But those of you that, that sat through this and you've given it some thought, don't give me a knee jerk answer. I mean, I'll settle for with an emoji with, you know, the little thinking or something. Just consider if that happened, then what could be going on now? What is it that we don't know that could hurt us? And with that, This has been According to Cows, and I will see you on the other side.